Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. We had talked about this last week about doing a whole blog thing on this, on the coronavirus and on COVID-19 and abortion. abortion, Right. Yeah. And I think that because I, I, yeah, it's fine. You know, it blows me away that people are taking this coronavirus and trying to make it about abortion and totally, you know, using this pandemic in the United States to push their agenda. And I know in a weird way, we're kind of doing the same thing, but we're kind of responding to what's going on in the news because they are using this. And we're trying to say, no, well, let's what we're focus doing on is prioritizing the coronavirus and the materials and medical equipment that is necessary to the frontline healthcare workers. Right. And, you know, every ventilator that is hoarded by Planned Parenthood is taking away a potential life too, actually. I was going to ask you, so you said nearly a million babies are aborted every year. Is that worldwide? Because uh, I thought it was around 600,000 in the United States. Am I incorrect on that? And it's been steadily going down since like the 90s. Actually, according to the uh, Guttmacher Institute, nearly 1 million women choose to end a pregnancy in the United States and one quarter of American women will use abortion services by 45 years of age. So according to the Guttmacher Institute, around 70,000 people seek abortion care in the U.S. every month. Where I saw something online. Well, because I was doing research, no, there are, too. There are very, um, there are huge discrepancies in numbers on... Because of uh, who reports abortion. and who doesn't. Because of who reports. That's correct. Uh, if you look at the uh, state... Uh, data from the center of health statistics for that particular state, they will differ admittedly from the uh, Guttmacher Institute. The, the Guttmacher Institute appears Mother, to have a right. higher number. So again, there is some, some flexibility in these numbers. Okay. Now, I also want to preface in this podcast that uh, this research that was pulled was pulled on Sunday of this week. That being said, the COVID numbers are going to be very different. They're going to be much higher uh, than we are reporting now because, again, we are pre-recording this due to the social distancing uh, regulations. So that being said, uh, please take that into consideration. We're going to examine and really dive into 
some of the states like Texas, Ohio, Alabama, I think that uh, Kentucky, uh, Oklahoma, Texas are all states that are trying to uh, restrict abortions, prohibit non-essential medical procedures during this coronavirus health crisis. And the debate in this category is that abortion is and should be included a non-essential procedure. Right. Uh, and the other side is saying, no, this is absolutely essential. Plastic surgery, obviously, would be a non-essential. Exactly. That's elective. You're choosing to, it's not something that you need to live not or function. Not a right. death matter. Okay. Yes. In Alabama, Texas, Ohio, Oklahoma, state lawmakers have issued orders to limit um, access to abortions in the month of April. But again, uh, as we go into these states and we talk about some of them, we are finding that the, this is turning into, you know, uh, a court battle and both sides are trying to state, obviously, yes, this is an essential service. Uh, this is not an essential service. So uh, that's where it is boiling down to. The reason that this is important to really dive into is because in looking at these cases, the the rulings ultimately could impact the upcoming case regarding overturning Roe v. Wade or not. And so this is kind of um, maybe foreshadowing a little bit of what's to come in the future. You know, the the rulings that are being put in place now will have some effect on future, future rulings, certainly. Right. So uh, the Alabama Center for Health Statistics reports that uh, 6,063 abortions took place in their state in 2017, which averages out to approximately 505 abortions a month. And again, this is as of this past Sunday. Alabama has experienced an unfortunate 93 deaths resulting from COVID-19. So that means more than five times the lives lost to COVID-19 have been taken due to abortions. That is correct. Because uh, COVID-19 has been in existence, what I believe, in Alabama for at least a month. Is that correct? Since uh, it at least, back in yeah. March. Um, even if we've Quote. said it's been two months in Alabama, so say they lost 186, would that be? I believe that would be 186. It's still twice as many in one month that, uh, well, actually, you would if you would want to compare apples to apples. So you would say two months actually, you know in what? Alabama. It'd be the other way. It would be if, if we're saying that COVID has existed for two months it would actually be uh, only 90, 40, you're right. It'd be half of 93. And so almost 10 <laughs> times the amount of lives lost yeah. to abortions as opposed to COVID-19. Wow. Yep. Okay. I, I undid my math. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. The CBS reports that a judge rules Alabama cannot prohibit abortion during the coronavirus crisis. A federal judge said on Sunday 
uh, ruled that Alabama cannot ban abortions as part of the state's response to coronavirus. U.S. District Judge Myron Thompson issued a preliminary injunction sought by clinics to prevent the state from forbidding abortions as part of a ban on elective medical procedures during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thompson said that abortion providers can decide whether a procedure can wait. Based on the current record, the defendant's efforts to combat COVID-19 do not outweigh the lasting harm imposed by the denial of an individual's right to terminate her pregnancy by undue burden or increase on a patient's imposed by a delayed procedure or by the cloud of unwarranted prosecution against providers. Thompson wrote in an opinion. Okay, I want to look at that more closely, that quote. Okay, I'm going to reread that because... I found that interesting, or at least part of it I'll reread. Based on the current record, the defendant's efforts to combat COVID-19 do not outweigh the lasting harm imposed by the denial of an individual's right to terminate her pregnancy. So let me sum that up. He's essentially saying that your efforts to save lives from COVID-19 don't outweigh the importance of taking lives Due to abortion is am I summing that up correctly? That sounds like what he's saying, and That's it's ludicrous it. to me. Um, so basically, they're saying that regardless of uh, the risk factors of COVID nineteen, um, it is still more important for a woman's right to choose to take a life. Okay, so That's he right. wants to take as many lives as possible, is what it sounds like to me. Well, I might be. Kind of editorializing a little bit, but that's exactly what it sounds like to me. Yeah, and, and that and that um, and your response, I think, is probably very much uh, felt by others. You know, it, it elicits a strong response because it's a strong statement. Yeah. And for families that are losing loved ones and can't be with them in the end to COVID-19, that statement has got a sting. For, for adoptive families that are trying and trying and trying to have a baby. And, you know, right now, fertility treatments are considered elective procedures. And so a lot of that is being postponed and delayed. And yet we're, we're waiting, we're having to wait to create lives. But in Alabama, this judge is saying that we don't have to wait to end up which is, is hard to hear. And that's a, that's a tough statement. And I, I'm, I sympathize with each and every person that reads this that has lost a loved one to COVID-19 because that is, there's no words. Let's just go there. There's no words. The Iowa Center for Health Statistics reports that 3,269 abortions took place in their state in 2017, which averages out to approximately 272 abortions a month. To date, Iowa has experienced an unfortunate 41 deaths resulting from COVID-19. And once again, I mean, at the bare minimum, we're talking about five times as many lives lost to abortion as to COVID-19 in essentially the same amount of time. We're going to go ahead and say one month for one for, you know, what we've been dealing with with COVID-19. Right. It's, it's just unbelievable. And I hope and pray that the numbers of COVID-19 don't in, increase. Absolutely. Um, the deaths that have already happened are tragic. And I hope that the numbers stop and we don't keep experiencing that. And, 
you know, part of this podcast, I feel, and I, and I hope it's okay, Ron, that I'm speaking for both of us is that by eliminating doing procedures, at least during uh, the COVID-19 crisis, those mm-hmm. medical supplies, the masks, the ventilators, everything that they're using sh- can be transferred to the frontline workers and saving more people. Right. Instead of taking it away from those efforts, certainly. Agreed. All right. Uh, Kentucky. The Kentucky Department of Health Statistics reports that 3,000 201 abortions took place in their state in 2017, which averages out to approximately 267 abortions a month. To date, Iowa has experienced an unfortunate 97 deaths resulting from COVID-19. Sorry, to date, Kentucky has experienced an unfortunate 97 deaths uh, from COVID-19. And again, neither of these numbers, both of these numbers represent lives. You know, they do. that's the they hard do. part. They're deaths. Both of these numbers are deaths. And that's a really, really important point to understand. They're both deaths. And in a weird way, they both represent the lives of humans that are most vulnerable. On the one end, the COVID-19 seems to be more uh, lethal, obviously, to the older adults who are, you know, less self-sufficient. And then abortions, and we're talking about the conditions. very... Yes you know, most vulnerable in our society. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Ohio, uh, the Ohio Center for Health Statistics reports that 20,893 abortions took place in their state in 2017, which averages out to 1,741 abortions a month to date. Uh, Ohio has experienced an unfortunate 253 deaths resulting from COVID-19. We're seeing a lot of the same statistics. How many times? How, you know, in terms of uh, how many deaths in a ratio to, you know, from abortions to COVID 19. And, mm-hmm. and ironically, if you break it down, it, it's kind of within the same number, you know, five times, 10, you know, six times, seven right. times the amount. It's um, essentially dwarfed. The deaths by COVID 19 are dwarfed by how many abortions are performed in that given state. So, but if, if these states are still practicing and we take all of the masks and all of the ventilators and all of the medical supplies that are necessary and mm-hmm. we give them to the front line, how many of these deaths wouldn't have occurred? Right. On both ends. On both ends. So let's jump down to Texas. So Texas is um, in the middle of a super controversial um, situation right now. <clears throat> so the Texas Center for Health Statistics reports that 53,277 abortions took place in their state in 2017, which averages out to approximately 4,440 abortions a month. To date, Texas has experienced an unfortunate, unfortunate 271 deaths resulting from COVID-19. Abortion providers in Texas, led by, led by Planned Parenthood, which is the nation's largest abortion provider, led abortion providers in Texas filed against suit against the state of Texas's decision to restrict abortions under these circumstances. Their claim was upheld in the federal court and permission for abortions was restored. Unfortunately, and I'm saying unfortunately because I'm reading the article, mm-hmm. uh, the state appealed the decision and the appeals court reversed the decision and restored the restriction. And there's a pending hearing on the 13th. So obviously when 
I'm saying unfortunate, I'm actually meaning fortunate. Right. You're quoting somebody else who thinks it's unfortunate. Right. I'm quoting somebody. (laughs) So that being said, um, there was a order issued and it is on the Texas Tribune. The ruling stated that the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals will allow medical abortions, which involve a patient ingesting pills to proceed in Texas during the coronavirus outbreak. The latest development in a weeks long legal dispute over state officials attempt to ban the procedure in nearly all circumstances as it combats the pandemic. A previous ruling from the New Orleans based appeals court lets patients near the legal gestational limit receive abortions as well. Hundreds of abortions in Texas have been canceled since state officials bar the procedure, except when a woman's health is at risk as the novel coronavirus spreads. The prohibition is meant to preserve personal protective equipment like masks and gloves that is in uh, short supply nationwide and to free up bed space as hospitals prepare for a possible surge in COVID-19 patients. I think that this is uh, the lesser of two evils. At least they're not allowing abortions, uh, medical abortions, they're just allowing the medicinal abortions. Right. Um, I still would prefer that not occur as well, but at least we are not looking at the medical procedures in the state of Texas. Right. So that is kind of a, a 50, outcome than it could have been. Right. It's half good, um, half bad. Yes, it is. You know, and and Planned Parenthood is, you know, the abortion global giant. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reportedly, being the nation's largest provider, they performed 346,000 abortions in 2018, which is a 4% increase over 2017. Which the trend had been going down. Am I wrong? It, it has, it's, it's fluctuated so much. So in, and again, we're going with the, uh, the gut mocker institutes, um, right now we're going, we, when we went before I went with the lower numbers, which were uh, reported from the state health departments, because I wanted to, I don't want numbers inflated. I want the most accurate numbers that we can come across. Certainly. However, because we are looking at the, um, overall U S Numbers And these are only the ones that are reported. Again, these are not reflective of every abortion that has uh, been performed or has been done. But in uh, 2000, uh, 1,310,000 abortions took place. Uh, in 2008, it was 1,210,000. In 2017, it was... 862,320. So the trend is overall down. Well, yes. The lowest abortion rate ever was observed in 2017. But remember, the 346,000 was only the abortions done by Planned Parenthood. Okay. All right. That's not the abortions overall in the United States. That's solely... Just Planned Parenthood's part. In in going further into some of the other articles that have been 
displayed all over social media as we're talking about Planned Parenthood. If you look at the uh, Pennsylvania allows Planned Parenthood to perform abortions despite elective surgery ban. That's crazy. Um, I, I wanna read this because I, I, I can't, I'm still trying to understand where the other side is coming from. I, again, I try to keep an open mind and really try, even if I disagree, I still want to understand. Right, kind of definitely. like, I can tell you, I don't like mushrooms, but if somebody makes something and it has mushrooms in it, I can tell you if it's good or not. It doesn't mean I like it, but I can tell you if it's good or not. So that's kind of my analogy. All right. So Planned Parenthood clinics in Pennsylvania have eliminated all services except for abortion in the wake of a statewide ban on elective surgeries meant to preserve scarce medical resources amid the coronavirus pandemic. Democratic Governor Tom Wolf issued a directive ordering the shutdown of all businesses that are not life-sustaining on March 20th. And a guidance from the state government prohibits elective procedures performed by healthcare services and hospitals. Despite these directives, Planned Parenthood Keystone, which serves central and eastern Pennsylvania, announced it would remain open for abortion services only while shutting down its other operations. To me, that's unbelievable because they're talking about life-saving. Hey, it's it's the same thing. It's the same argument that keeps going in my head that's saying we're trying to save lives from coronavirus, but the only procedures that they continue to do are meant to literally stop lives from even occurring. Right. And what's crazy is the order that was issued on March 20th came after the state's health secretary urged doctors and patients to consider postponing non-critical surgeries. The state's largest abortion provider has ignored the directive and has continued to proceed with abortions, even as it stopped providing routine exams and other services. Right. So you can't do pap smears. You can't do right. health checks on women, which are well, women, literally, yeah. I mean, sometimes they are essential in my opinion. But oh, not even in your opinion, hands down, ab across the board. Right. They so are you've absolutely stopped essential. All of they are life-saving. Yes. And the only so, thing that you have to hold on to is we have to continue these abortions. Right. So, uh, so in this same article, it was it was fascinating because it said the paradox is just striking. <clears throat> Here we're making an, an exception for life sustaining procedures, and yet an exception to that is this one medical procedure that's life ending. Tom Breachoff, president and chief legal counsel for the Thomas More Society, told the Washington Free Beacon. I'm I'm with him. Absolutely. I I'm I yeah I don't um. I almost don't have words, and that's rare. <laughs> right. I know. I don't think I've ever seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I hope that I hope that those that are not educated in what abortion is and are citing themselves as pro-choice or pro-life are really researching and educating themselves and understanding what we're talking about. We're talking about babies. Mm -hmm. People are dying from COVID-19 because there's not enough medical supplies. We're risking the lives of healthcare workers. Uh, there was just something on the news this morning that one of the frontline workers at CPS removed her child because of the risk of uh, her COVID child contracting 
the virus and she's putting herself and her family in danger. And we're worried about whether or not a woman can choose to terminate a pregnancy when there are other options. With COVID, there's no other options. And that's the, the point that I want to keep striking, that that's, that's important. So <clears throat> uh, Secretary Azar um, released uh, a press release and it was powerful. It, it was it was powerful. And all of these uh, releases we are going to be uploading to our new website. And I hope that people will go and 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 view them and really read them. Uh, he states, unfortunately, there is one clear outlier. The abortion industry, including the largest abortion chain in the nation, Planned Parenthood, in acts of manifest fear-mongering, and self-interest. They are exploiting the anxiety of women and couples by continuing to promote abortion in communities across the country. Planned Parenthood is responsible for nearly 346,000 abortions in the last reporting year, including both surgical and medical procedures carried out in many locations all the way to 24 weeks of pregnancy. By ceasing both surgical and chemical abortions now, Planned Parenthood will free up much needed medical equipment and decrease the demand now placed on ERs due to complications from both medical and surgical abortion. This will protect women who will without doubt need follow-up care, including infection treatment and transfusions from the nation's emergency centers and hospitals. So while we race in a hectic race to save, while we are in a hectic race to save lives, Planned Parenthood and other powers in the abortion industry remain insistent on taking lives of innocent unborn children. While surgery centers postpone elective and diagnostic procedures, abortion centers are churning out surgical and chemical abortions, putting women, especially the poor, at risk. Their continued operation depletes sorely needed personal protective equipment and leads to further complications that will further overwhelm already overextended emergency rooms. Yeah. And this is written from the Honorable Alex Azar, Secretary, Department of Health and Human Services in Washington, D.C. And it was released on March 24th, 2020. It's very good. Again, uh, like you said, speechless. It just leaves me thinking, wow, this is someone who believes what he's saying. And it's amazing. Very powerful. The courage and the strength to stand up and say it. On a national you know, level. Good for him. And it's not that we are <clears throat> as a... Uh, podcast, you know, picking or pointing the finger at Planned Parenthood, but their name comes up because they're the nation's largest provider. Right. I and found it so, interesting that he called it a chain. It made me think of like a franchise, McDonald's or, you know, and in a weird way, it really is. And that's, that's crushing. Yeah. Um, I, I hope at the end of the day and at the end of this podcast that our listeners really understand the need for this medical equipment to go to the first responders, to go to the emergency rooms, to go to the frontline workers that are risking their own lives, trying to save others. I think that if we as a society stand behind and share his message, we'll get it out there and we can hopefully make an impact, even if it, it just changes one person's life that has COVID and one more person gets a ventilator 
and nobody has to make a choice as to which patient gets to, to live and which patient gets to die, then, then this matters and, and we've made a difference. Remember, there are alternatives to abortion and if you're dealing with an unplanned pregnancy and want more information about adoption, we are a local Arizona adoption agency. We are available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. That's 623-695-4112. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan or give you more information. Be educated about your unplanned pregnancy choice and alternatives to abortion in Arizona. Your baby is counting on you. With adoption, you're never alone. Choose life. Hashtag YouBeforeMe. Visit YouBeforeMe.life. We want to thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption and invite you to visit our website at birthmothermatterspodcast.com. Thanks to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. We'll see you next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I am Ron Rains, and we will see you then.